Welcome to Dads with Nerdy Ambitions. I'm your host, Steve Pugh. Joey, you're here with me today. Do you know why I'm so excited about this episode? No. Why are you so excited about this episode? Because I get to shout clickety clackety, I roll to attackity. <laughs> right. So then I'm in my just, head, that went a yeah, lot so better. I'm that sounded a lot add, cooler. I'm just going to add crickets here. <laughs> hey. Let's move past that. All right. Yes. Yes. Let's move past this. So as I'm hit things, I'm grabbing my papers over here. Um, so in this section, in this the, the second part of our Dungeons and Dragons special uh, podcast, we are doing uh, what we're going to do in this one. We're going to tell some stories. Uh, we're going to talk about creating a character uh, as well as playing the DM. And we're going to go over some slang and terms that you should probably know. Uh, if you ever decide to play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, so let's go right into it. Uh, do we let's let's go with uh, let's talk about being the DM, because I feel like that's that's not a role. A lot of people are going to play unless it's like, say, me and my son, um, you know, parents and kids like getting into it. And the parent is probably going to play as the dm i don't think they're going to give it to arguably the most important position of the game um but not the most sought after no it's 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 not the popular it's uh, yeah it's definitely not the popular position um how many times would you say you have been the dm uh maybe so let's say okay let's let's make it a statistic because that's a that's a, a broad number to ask you so uh, let's say out of five games how many times are you usually the dm three probably so you I, do I would it a say lot more than well okay so yes yes and no we play multiple campaigns like we run multiple campaigns at um the same time so currently i have a main campaign uh, that we play pretty weekly, pretty much weekly. Um, which I'm not, I'm not the DM of that one. I'm just a player. Um, but there are those off weeks where we can't get everybody to get together, so we'll do these pre-made campaigns. So like the Curse of Strahd, uh, Tomb mm. of Annihilation, you know, stuff like that. I just that. picked up Curse of Strahd. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, I got cool, the revamped. It's, it's really cool. It's a cool book. So I'm, I'm curious to see what the revamped difference is. And for those of you listeners who are here, like this little snickering and giggling in the background, uh, my son, Ethan, is down listening to the podcast because we are a parenting based ish podcast. Um, he wanted to see how it was done. And so he's been hearing all the little take backs and stuff and he's been kind of so you may hear a giggle but he's for the most part is going to be staying quiet eventually i'll bring him on as an actual we'll, we'll call him a my celebrity host just to to you know help his ego a little bit here um so yeah so you're he's going to be quiet for the most part um but yeah i did pick up uh, the revamped strad i picked up a few other uh adventure books i like having the physical adventure book I, I saw um, that it's okay for me. I'm a bit of a stickler. I prefer the hardcover. I, I don't have the revamped version, but isn't it? It's, it's soft. It's a paperback. It's yeah, it's it's a soft cover. That's unfortunate. Um, I, I, I Yeah, that kind of threw me off, too, when I got it, especially with the price tag that comes with it, because the typically what an adventure book goes for about fifty dollars. Uh, yeah, it depends. Uh, I usually get them on like sale so like 20, yeah, yeah 30 I mean, yes bucks. you can find them there's there's definitely companies out there and you know loyalty memberships for some hobby shops definitely will give you um that 
a discount and everything. Um, so, but yeah, it it's, it goes for around eighty dollars. I think is the the price tag around I for think it. And normally, when well, you know, depending on where you get it, I think the retail price is a hundred dollars. Is it? Yeah, I believe oh, I so. Paid eight, I got it for eighty. But that comes. Um, I mean, it depending on how you look at it. Uh, it comes with the book. It comes with what a monsters guide specifically for Strahd, essentially. It, it will. So yeah, is in a coffin, and you open it up, and there's a really neat little. I, I want to frame it up, but unfortunately, it's it's a coffin shape. <laughs> it's a picture of of Strahd. Yeah, I'm, it's, I'm assuming it's that's the vampire's name. I've never yeah, played it. Yeah. I've never played it. So I'm assuming that's yes, him. That, on the um, cover of the, the book is Strahd. Yeah. And on the, and the other kind of annoying thing with it is it's all his stats. So it's all his information, which is cool. But if you need to use his stats and you don't want to use the book, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're going to pull up this coffin shaped sheet. So it's like, all right, well, why bother? Um, maybe I'll get it in a frame that's like, clear on both sides like a a double frame so where it's just like the you know just the framing around is clear on both sides mm-hmm. and hang it up um because i like the art i do that with all the games workshop stuff when i get the like a two-player set i get the the pictures and everything and i like to frame them up because it's really neat decor um art but it's the problem is it's like it's literally put in there to protect the miniatures so you you get this really neat art but you need to use it for protecting your miniatures and and most people throw it away. But um, yeah, like I said, I, I really like them. Um, and then it came with, it came with some, it came with a bunch of stuff. You definitely like hardcover aside, you definitely get your money's worth out of it. It definitely comes with a, a lot of things. So I, I kind of like that. Um, yeah. And you but, also have to remember it is a essentially a, a collector's edition. So, you know, Oh, that's yeah. That's, that's what that's it is. Cool. It's it's so you're going to be paying the price for you know oh it's any it, collector's it's thing that you get for games or you know whatever it is. Um, you're going to be paying a little bit extra. Yeah. Uh, well, the reason I picked it up is like it said it was their most popular adventure, and I'm like, okay, well, this looked really cool, and I was originally going to pick it up. If you like, you know, very spooky gothic horror kind of stuff, and you know, vampires, of course. Uh, it's, it's a super cool campaign where I have a, uh, I'm not DMing it right now, but we are running through with a group of my friends. Yeah. We're, we're doing a campaign right now. It's, it's a lot of fun. Okay. Well, and this is great getting back to our topic that we (laughs) derailed off (laughs) Mm -hmm. for about five, six minutes. Instantly. Um, Is (laughs) you're like, let's talk about adventure. What? Okay. Let me tell you about this one. Um, the, uh, being a DM. And so you said you do you do do a lot of DMing. Yeah, and yeah. It, 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 there's some people out there that really do like being the the dungeon master, the game master. Um, I like to do I like to go and do be both. I like to DM every once in a while because it's fun setting up the adventure and giving people that exciting uh, experience. And sometimes I like to be an adventurer. It's yeah, it definitely depends for me. You know, if I'm making my own campaign, I love DMing because you get to do mm-hmm. all. I mean, it's a ton of work. If you're going to that's that's probably a big reason why people don't want to DM because it is a ton of work, especially if you're making your own campaign. That being said, okay. you get to essentially make your own world if you really want to. 
there are a ton of resources so like if you don't want to create this whole like you, you know religious order or something like that go to the back of the player's manual you can find you know a dd that fits like whatever alignment you want it to be or if you want it to yeah. be a race specific i mean there's a ton of resources yeah to help and then, you with and that's, world building. So in that in that instance I love being a DM because I you know get mm-hmm. to fulfill any kind of creative outlet. I mean, that's what it is I should say. It's an amazing creative outlet to like creative writing, you can build okay. towns, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can build, you know, societies and stuff like that. It's just it's just great for being creative. Um on the other and, side, if you're running a pre-made campaign, you're not necessarily stuck to what the campaign is like offering you can diverge and make it your own but for me i prefer to be a player in that because i it feels more linear and i I feel like as a dm i don't have as much control and and that's a it's a good uh and that's really what i was going to get to is yes you have these pre-made things and companies like dungeon in the box and uh there's so many different ones out there uh they have these things that are pre-made and not everybody is that creative person like they don't know how to or especially when you're yeah, starting off say, you definitely are like that for like if you're starting off and nobody in your group has yeah. played you yeah. want to you know start a campaign but you don't want to have Absolutely. to take on the task of creating your own pre-made campaigns amazing oh yeah no and i like them because even and i'm going to keep using them because they're the one i've used mainly um, I mean, I do have the the uh, the the Dungeons and Dragons adventure books. I do have some third party ones, but I really do like the 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 box ones because they do have a like a linear path, like you you say, and then they do give you other options, like hey, if you want to do it in hard, easy, and and like in different levels, and then they're like, well, you can also do this, like the first mission, I think the big, uh, so here's one of the words we're going to talk about, the BBEG, so BBEG is big bad evil guy, so it's like the final boss. Yeah, he's your in, antagonist of the campaign essentially, or your yeah. main antagonist. So, um, in this one, it was like an ogre. Right, but it was you could roll a d8, and which is an eight-sided dice, and you can choose what type of you can physically choose, or you can leave it up to the dice gods and roll, and you can get whatever type of ogre it is. So it could be like I didn't even realize there was all these subspecies of ogre. Like there's a donkey one, and I was like, oh, really? Okay, yeah, sure, why not? Um, it looked like a rabbit. It was hilarious, but you can alternate the bbeg and what monsters and have that kind of effect and so it does give you a little more but it also has that more linear experience to to help guide you and like i said not everybody wants to be the dm and or is is as creative and even from and and that's from a character point of view like if you're being a pc or you know a playable character i don't know if all of them but i know some of the starter kits actually come with uh and something we'll cover a little bit in a little bit um like building a character which is a Mm -hmm. daunting task on its own if you're if you've never done that yeah some of the essential kit or the starter kits actually come with pre-made character sheets which helps you if you're Uh, just like okay let's just jump into a game real quick it helps you get started a little bit faster yeah so the dm the dungeons in the box ones definitely do um the essential kit uh the original one for uh from dungeons and dragons comes with pre-made characters 
the uh, the new one that just came out. And I was trying to look over to see what uh, what's the name of the pack. I think it's called Icefall. Uh, it does have them in the book, I believe, but it does not. It comes with six blank oh, okay. sheets, so you can fill yeah, it so out. They're on your not own. filled out. Okay. Yeah, so you can fill it out. And but uh, let's go back to being. We'll get back into that in a second. Let's go back to being a DM. So we're talking about you know developing the adventure and so you can sit there and you can come up with this adventure uh and or you can have one that is pre-built uh for those who are starting off and i would strongly strongly recommend using a starter kit or the essential kits or a dungeon box one of these pre-made things to get yourself into so you know what you're looking at because even when you get the essentials kits. When you get these, the uh, what's the the I can't even think of it right now. The the actual word for it, the the board that the DM puts everything behind. That's your the, your sh- the screen, like the dungeon master screen. Yes, your screen. That's the word I could not think of to save my life. Yes, the your your the dungeon master screen, and it's this uh, four folding. It's a, it's four pieces of cardboard that is folded to give you yourself a good block. Uh, so you basically take up a, a half the back a side of the table and it has a lot of stats. It has a lot of information. These are cheat sheets. It's a cheat sheet for yeah, the dungeon master. Give you, well, you can. The great thing about those is like you can customize them completely to how you, you want, can. Yes. Like how it flows best for you. But I think um, just starting off, they essentially come with uh, uh, status effects. Um, they give you um, I've, some of them, I believe, give you like you know very common monster stats um spots to put you like your characters for initiative um Mm -hmm. really basic stuff um just to kind of it is and it is a a quick like you know a quick cheat sheet yeah it's a cheat sheet to help you out is really what it comes down it's so it's a cheat sheet for you to use and then um you hide it hides all your dice so nobody can see your things and it, it keeps all your you you're gonna have sheets in front of you uh a little map so when you're describing stuff um whether you've drawn it, had somebody draw it for you, or you have the pre-made ones. It gives you all that information, and so you can sit there and describe it. So your job as the DM, and this is, we're going to we're gonna go in on the mentality that you're in there to have a good time. You're there to, your goal is to set up this fun experience as a, you're the storyteller. And your characters are the characters, the people you are playing with. They are the uh, the main characters in this story. And it's you're helping them write this story with you. And you want to make this fun for them. Your goal is not to kill them off as quickly as you possibly can. It's not a us versus them mentality. When you go in building a game and it's like, okay, I'm going to kill you off as quickly as I possibly can you're not going to have a good time. Nobody's going to have a good time and nobody's going to want to play with you. You want to make that you want them to win. That is your goal is to help them win. You want to make it challenging. I guess in the, I would argue that the players are actually the storytellers. So like you, the DM is more of the world builder and gives you the platform. Okay, I can get behind. Because ultimately it comes down to, well, I, I guess it depends on how you DM. It's a two-part. Yeah. It's a two-way. So two, you, you, two you can prepare all these situations for your players to do. Like, you know, mm-hmm. y- you can make situations, you make situations for them and they continue the story by picking a path, essentially. Yeah. And they're never, 
they're never, 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 never really going to go down the way you really want them to. At least not the experienced players. Experienced players are going to do random things. And I had done it before. Um, I cur- cur- recently played a game where we were on a ship and we landed on this island that just was used, used to be covered with ice. And then uh, a meteor hit and it melted all the ice. Science doesn't really work there. But hey, whatever. Wizards. <laughs> yeah we're, we're just gonna blame it on wizards it's magic and there's like a whole bunch of turf wars going on between all these villages and this one huge village is like taking all these refugees and it's a there's a bit a lot of pol- politics that's going into play and we were hired to help out this the the main dude the main mayor of this large town and the first thing i did is go i said hey hold up before we start helping this guy out he might be the bad guy which threw the DM off. It, tr- it turned out it was true. <laughs> it was. But it, we caught it really, really quick. And I said, hold up. He might be a bad guy. What if we're being hired and bamboozled here to work for the bad guy and we don't realize it? And everybody goes, oh, in the DM. You can just see it in his face. He's just like, crap. You know. <laughs> and there's, there's and that, that as happens. a player there is no better feeling than like completely <laughs> ruining your DM's plans. Like they think they're so clever. That being said, then usually the DM comes up with some ridiculous stuff to punish you. <laughs> uh, you suddenly might find yourself down in the trap and walls are closing in on you. And he's like, Oh no, I guess you should have uh, not tried to get, figure out who the bad guy was already. Oh, man. Um, but no, 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 it's, you want to make it fun. You, it, the, the players are never going to do, and, and like, like I said, unless it's there, there's a few games, they only have a few games under their belt. They're really not going to go from point A to point B. They're going to go from point A to C, D, F, three and purple. They're going, you know, they're going all over the place. So, but it's, it's, yes, it is you developing a story and looking into it. Do your research as much as you can when you're going in to be the DM. Um, Try to build as much as you can. Have a plan A, plan B, and plan C if you want to. It's it's a hard balance, um, especially if you're building your own world, because your players will do things that you never thought of. Um, Absolutely. There will always be something that surprises you and that throws you off a little bit. So. Yes, have you, you want to have all these different options, but don't plan too far ahead because if you yeah. if you try to make this too linear, it's never going to turn out the way you think it's going to. Yeah, no, I think you agree. Um, so let's go to because I think we delved a lot on the DM. Let's go look. <laughs> let's kind of look at the character. Um, so when you're building your character, if you look at the character sheet, it is very daunting there is a lot of stuff when you're looking at this you know never built a character yeah you're you're like you have no idea what's going on here here's the really nice thing about these sheets most of it is fluff that meaning like it's it's mostly set up there to build your character so the way i put it is imagine you're writing a story and as you're writing a story you want to describe this character and you're looking at all these different things well you you see his strength dexterity constitution intelligence wisdoms charisma yeah i'm going over these really quick uh but it's these are all things that are describing how the character is and 
what he's capable of doing or her right. or how, it. How you know, well they're able to perform specific tasks. Yes. Um, and then the, there's so much room for other stuff in here. Features, traits, flaws. Like, literally, there's a section called personality traits, ideas, bonds, and flaws. You don't need that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's that that isn't essential. That's more for lore building. Yes. So for a, a new person that's getting into this, my best bet or my best advice to you is stick with the basic information. And as you're going and learning the game, build up that character. Um, if you're trying to do this, so let's say I'm doing this with my son. He's nine years old. So I'm not going to have him put all this information in here. I'm going to have him fill up maybe just the basic stuff, the armor class, um, the the sheets, the strengths, the dexterity, the constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and all that stuff, and then kind of go off that, and I'll ask him, okay, well, what's your strength? And depending how difficult the task is, I might say, okay, if it's really easy, roll a D4, uh, and more complicated, the larger the dice roll and what and so and and that's how you can kind of get somebody who's younger learning how to play the game and as they grow up and get older and, and have become more familiar with the game you can add in those don't uh, be, details yeah, I, I would definitely say don't be like don't shy away from building your character a little bit in the beginning like their personality and stuff like that just a big mistake is especially for people who've never played and like don't truly understand or you know you, you know they've never built a character they come in with this idea of I'm, you know, a noble son, like I've been training for years of my life. You know, you're a soldier, you've been in the military or you've a wizard that's been training, um, but you're going to come in low level and you always overbuild your character. So, you know, definitely come in with like a mindset of like how you want your character's personality to be. And the nice thing is while you're building your character, um, when you get into the background section there are like pre-made traits or flaws so you can like mm -hmm. if you can yep. start with something definitely like that and then build as you go like as you play more and more but really then that's when you get to like build your character's personality oh absolutely and all these things that are personality alignment these things you put into describing your character you're not set in stone with them. Like the, even the, when I made my character and I was misusing it, I was using lawful evil when I should probably been using neutral. It doesn't matter. It's me playing this character. Those are things for me. Typically um, your DM will like have a conversation with your DM about like, yeah, you know, absolutely. how strict they want. Like um, this is a whole nother topic, but like if you're a spell caster, you're most, uh, I'm pretty sure all, if not most spells require components it depends on how stringent your dm is if i've never played with components because it's just a big hassle um but some people do um but you know you, you can always that's the great thing about this game is you, you can always work with your dm and be like hey i kind of want to play an evil character in a campaign but you know maybe they're starting to like you know, as they travel with this group of people, they're like, oh, I'm kind of a bad guy. You know, I should change my, you know, whatever. But I'm not a bad right. guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wreck-It Ralph in it over here. Um, the other thing is you might be the BBEG and the rest of the group won't know about it. And that's that's some fun things you can do. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it's it's 
there's not a lot to hold cover over like building a character. It's just knowing that don't be afraid of what you see in front of you. Um, if you need to start off simple, start off simple um, or use pre-made characters and then make sure you, know, you have your book and then talk because there's no matter what is on your sheet, it's whatever the DM's going to decide. Like I've played it where I'm the DM and unless somebody rolls a one, I'm probably going to let them do it just because like, you know what? It's progressing the story and that's what I want them to do because I want them to have a good time and they're like, all right, well, I'm not very, you know, I'm not very dexterous, but I'm like, all right, roll a D20. All right. I rolled a seven. Oh, look at that. You made it. You barely made it, but you made it. In reality, they probably wouldn't have made it, whatever they were doing. Yeah. It's kind of up to your discretion. And, you know, depend, yeah. obviously certain things are going to be more difficult, like high event called everything is based off of a DC or a difficulty check. It's really the discretion of your DM of like, OK, Absolutely. the DC is 10. Can you roll a 10? Um, sure. Then you pass. But then you always get the unexpected nat 20 and you can do anything. And if you roll a <laughs> nat, nat 20s, you exploit that nat okay. 20 as much as you want. Describe a nat 20 and a nat 1 or a critical fail. So nat 20 is you primarily roll with a d20. Um, a nat 20 is called a critical success. Um, you can't do anything with it. But you can pretty much do anything with it. Like, say you have a strength of, like, you know, you have a 10. So you everything is based off of um, your modifier score. So if you have a 10, it's complete average. You have a plus zero to your strength rolls. Um, but if you, so it's like, oh, I want to lift this big boulder up out of our path. Like, that's blocking our path. And, like, okay, a guy with a 10 strength. Um, yeah, go <laughs> ahead and try. Odds are you're going to fail. But if you roll that sweet, sweet nat twenty, you you can probably you'll probably sky's yeah, the limit. <laughs> you you will probably get away with pushing, like being able to roll it out of you know your path or something like that. So it's a yeah, critical and, success. And, and if you're and the DM is this is where the DM's got to think on his toes because this is being the DM is definitely about uh, improv and everything because he's like okay well you have you aren't strong enough to roll that rock however there was a blizzard earlier this week and it happened to weaken the rock the ground around the rock and you gave it the right push and it just happened to roll out of the yeah, way you forced <laughs> the DM to like justify a way that your character is able to do this feat. Yeah, it's, suddenly a dragon flies by and he's trying to catch you. He misses his foot, hits the rock and flies away because he's in pain and embarrassed. And you happen to look like a hero. Give yourself 15 experience for being stum luck. It's the greatest thing for a player to roll a nat 20. It's sometimes the bane <laughs> of the DM's existence. It is so annoying. I love it as the player. On the inverse, you have a nat one, which is a critical failure. So depending on how that works... Um, it could be based off of combat. Um, if you're, again, say you're trying to move this boulder, you, you <laughs> accidentally, you, you roll a nat one, the DM, which is rolling a one, right, a yeah. one on the, on the D20. Um, yeah. Depending on how nice your DM is <laughs> or how much you pissed them off. If you're in combat, that could result in you breaking your weapon or you hitting one of your party members 
Um, if it's like something like pushing a boulder out of a path, you could be like, oh, <laughs> you, you may have rolled that rock onto one of the other players. Yeah. <laughs> or, you, you know, something like that. And you push the boulder onto yourself or it, it depends. It depends on how nice of a DM you have because it could yeah. be it could be the, bad. It's going to be bad no matter what, but it could be really yeah, bad. At, at, at worst or at, at, at minimum, you probably broke a weapon at worst. Depending on who's who's pissed off the the DM the most, you may have rolled the boulder onto yourself. You may have rolled it onto that teammate that was uh, being a murder hobo. If, you, if you're in combat and you total party kill, like say you're you you're all playing level one characters, you're you're a wizard with you know six plus your com. So let's say let's say eight HP to start off at level one, and your uh, barbarian you know Goliath. It rolls a nat one, and then does, tw- you know, twelve damage or or sixteen damage to you. Um, that's a that's a complete death. Like, so you could you could outright <laughs> die, um, from a nat one. So, kind of going on the the, the how this this was going out with like a critical uh, success or failure. Um, this is and this goes to uh my boy Bob because this is his story and I have to give him credit for it. Um, he was definitely thinking on his feet with this uh, situation. So here's one of our stories. I'm definitely going to tell this one right now because this is a perfect time to do it. So so Bob was playing this character, and it was a half-orc barbarian who had the ability called Improvised Weapon. And so they were fighting. Uh, what was he fighting? He was fighting uh, a another, uh, fighting an ogre. He was fighting an ogre, right? So him and his team are fighting this ogre and his weapon has been knocked out of his hand. And so he had to think on his feet and he goes, okay, I have improvised weapon. And the DM goes, okay, well, what are you trying to do? And he goes, I'm picking up the gnome that's in plate mail. <laughs> and he goes, what does, and so this is how he asked this. So he didn't say that. He goes, what's the damage on a gnome in plate mail? And the DM goes, why? And he goes, I have a feat called improvised weapon that lets me grab anything pretty much and beat stuff with it. And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> so they, they spent 45 minutes trying to figure out the weight ratio, the weight of a gnome in plate mail. And if being swung, this is where mathematics went like way beyond what they should have been. And he ended up grabbing this gnome in plate mail and using the gnome to beat the living snot <laughs> out of this BBEG. So he's just swinging this gnome back and forth, slamming it into, and he ends up actually killing the gnome. Oh, no. And doing it. But the gnome guy, the guy was like, no, 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 keep on going. So he's swinging around. Just imagine like Bruce Lee's, but a half orc barbarian flinging nunchuck style this gnome around his shoulders and beating the living snot out of the BBEG with him. And he actually, they ended up actually killing him, the BBEG with it. And so they used the reward money to build this statue of the gnome in remembrance of him sacrificing his body. <laughs> Uh, one of the best moments I dude he told me the story was in tears um but that's just that's just both parties that's that's how you play a really really good game you know both parties are thinking on their feet both party part are are you know improvising and doing they're having fun with the moment 
and they played it off really, really well. And it ended up being a great time afterwards. Uh, yeah, I, I, my son left stealthily, if you can't tell. <laughs> no, you, you can't hear it at all. Don't worry. Don't no, worry. No, no, no. Um, so uh, let's go into a little bit about some of the terminology that you should probably uh, know. So nat 1, nat 20, those are your nat rolls on them. Uh, one of the BBEG, the big bad evil guy. Um one of the ones I hate the most, it's, I don't know if I hate it the most, it's how it's taken out of play. Um, so there's RAW or R-A-W or RAI, which is R-A-I, uh, rules as written or rules as intended. And this is where <laughs> another terminology uh, comes into play, which uh, depending on how nice people are, it can, you know, it's rule lawyers, which is, you know, they're, they're people that want to take the rules and books how they're written and if especially if it's anything's official this is the, like if it's anything coming from the dm books or dungeons and dragons books this is their like well if it's written this way it has to be played this way um but it can also be like well this is rule i like the, using rules as intended for the most part because it's it's more in the spirit of the game and it's it's not the official official how you you it's written but how it should be interpreted. And, you know, usually it's a little more common sense. Um, they may not have worded it properly. They may have been lost in interpretation. Um, people don't think the same way. And so I like using, I go for uh, RAI. Or I also do what's, I, I do rule of cool. If it's something stupid and funny and I, I think it's going to be entertaining, like, like God, you know, God bless my DM when he said, yeah, go ahead and try to shove that combustible down a zombie tiger's throat. Let's see what the worst thing that could happen. Nat 20. All right, cool. I, tiger's on fire. Oh. I, I don't know that like yeah. I follow either of those. I, in, at the end of it, it it's I, I, I go by the idea that it's kind of up to the DM. I mean, to an extent. Um, now, that being said, if you are the DM in this situation... I, I mean, be consistent. Yeah, be consistent well, with how you're going to. It's you're determining it's always opening up. It, you open it up to a conversation. So sometimes you give to a player, and sometimes you are a little bit stricter. Um, if it's game breaking, depending on what what is breaking the game, you're probably not going to allow it. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it just really comes down to having a conversation with your DM. Let's go ahead. Let's take a break. Uh, and then we'll come back and I'll tell my story and then we'll kind of just see where we go from there. And yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and take a break right now. We'll be right back. back okay so let's get into this um i do apologize because i just realized we forgot a crucial part in the last episode and so we're going to cover that and then we'll kind of go from there and telling stories uh we forgot to cover pop culture in uh with how D has affected pop culture so looking at like tv 
which is like, you know, movies and shows, games, uh, even other RPGs, music and books. So if we look at TV wise and so movies and shows like it, it does, it has had a huge effect. Uh, Game of Thrones uh, shows, not even including shows like Critical Role and uh, Harmon Quest, which are both D&D based shows. Um, one of the biggest uh, Netflix shows out there, Stranger Things. It's the, literally the first season was a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Yeah, I mean, even um, it goes into season two, like the essentially your BBEG, that giant tentacle monster thing that uh, Will is, you know, when he's playing the arcade and then he goes outside and. You know, you, it's still, I mean, it's a huge part of the show. Pretty much every sci-fi fantasy style movie is using somewhat to an extent the storytelling style of Dungeons and Dragons, where it is a an adventure with one or multiple characters and then going into uh, the, the climatic situation, climax, uh, where you're fighting a your big bad evil guy. And so, uh, tons of shows. Game of Thrones, I think I just said that one, but I want to make Freaks sure. Freaks and Geeks had a huge uh, D&D aspect. Uh, Futurama. Oh, definitely. Futurama had its own. I, I believe it. I, I don't. I can't remember if it was a movie. I believe it was a movie. Um, it was a movie. Yeah, it was like, it was one of their, like, movie specials. So, it wasn't yeah, part of the season, um, but it was, like, uh, a movie. South yeah. Park had a huge part of it when they were... <laughs> I mean, they, they made even game. did a game yeah, off they of made it. Game. Yeah, they did. They even did a game off of it. Stick of truth. And I mean, you, <laughs> you see it in so much. Like, I mean, you'll see it brought up in The Simpsons. You'll see it in, you know, uh, that '70s show. There's little bits here and there. Um, I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's truly such an influential part of, uh, you know, uh, cult, uh, our culture as a whole. Yeah, I would say pretty much any game out there that is considered a role-playing game and that's going everything from call or not, uh, call of duty to destiny uh any game out there that is you're building a character and styling them fallout um what was the other one that uh they did skyrim yeah. oh, and oh, all yeah, the, the skyrim, elder scroll games oh my god the elder scroll games yeah so all of those character building where you're you're detailing your characters and you're building up their skills and then what you want them to do that is literally what dungeons and dragons is except it's on it's computer versus you do not on a paper or uh you know on an app where you're building your character it's it's literally tabletop versus console or pc so across the board there uh books Anything that is kind of fantasy is a fantasy based book has some roots while, however, diluted in the Dungeons and Dragons world. And one of my favorite games, and I can't believe I didn't think of this earlier, one of my favorite tabletop games, which is based 40,000 years in the future, uh, Games Workshops, Warhammer 40K. Actually, they did a game called Hero Quest back in 1987, 1988, maybe might have been 90. Um, they built orcs for this this uh this game and so J.R. Tolkien's uh, Lord of the Rings and Dungeons and Dragons really did affect the whole fantasy base for that style and orcs and how they came into being um so they definitely it's definitely had an effect across the board even to any other RPG they're all based off of 
the Dungeons and Dragons character building style. Um, music wise, uh, Led Zeppelin. Oh no, they did that off of all of um, the uh, Lord of the Rings, all their music. But a lot of like the Hair Nation rock music uh, was kind of inspired the fantasy style. Um, there's even a new genre of music. I don't know how new it is, but I've recently discovered it where it's called Dwarven Metal. And it's really neat. I actually kind of like it. Uh, it's, it's, it's different. It's weird. It's totally weird, but I love it. It's, it's, it's not like gore weird, but it's, 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 it's which is, that's a whole different level right there. On our next episode, uh, we talk and, about gore. Yeah. <laughs> How old should you be when you're listening to Gore? You probably shouldn't no, be no, listening no. to should, Gore if you have to ask that should, question. You should start. <laughs> um, yeah, immediately. Like, <laughs> like in the womb kind of thing. Classicals out, Gore is in. Gore is in. Oh, yeah, no. we completely um, forgot about Borderlands too. Complete, uh, they had a DLC. Oh my God. Tiny is, they did. They even had a DLC. Dragon Keep? It was, I mean, it's D&D. It is. Uh, yeah. There's so much. There, There's quite literally too much to name in the entertainment world that D&D hasn't influenced on some level. And while they may not even realize that was where it was influenced from. Um, but even all that comes back to Dungeons and Dragons was influenced by Lord of the Rings because that's where they came up with uh, Chainmail, uh, the where they were doing their battles of elves and gnomes and dwarves and humans. So it's, there, I don't it's definitely think there's gnomes and Lord of the Rings. No, but I think they're called, but there's, halflings. there's halflings. halflings. And, um, yes, actually, but I don't think halflings they, are their own race. So <laughs> I'm sure they are <laughs> because there's half orcs and half human, half elf, half dwarves. Because, but that's what a halfling is, is a half dwarf, half human, right? I think that's fake. I'm pretty sure halflings are their own race. Are yeah. they? Oh, that's what I thought. They, I, I always I'm thought that, though. I thought that's where they came from. I'm sure they are, but just in case I'm wrong, um, I'm pretty sure halflings are their own race. <laughs> we'll make that another my bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I That was always my mindset was that's what a halfling was, was a half-human, half-dwarf. I mean, I've never they heard look that, like it. but I, I mean, I'm an idiot, so. I could be totally wrong. I could be totally wrong. I, I probably am. Well, we're going to go that I'm totally wrong. However, in that slim iota that I am. <laughs> You're most likely wrong, but you know, probably am. I'm okay with that. Though. We are idiots, um, yeah. so we don't really know what we're talking about. <laughs> we don't know everything, or even close to everything. We're just connoisseurs. Uh, we're dabblers, if you will, into various nerd culture items. Uh, disclaimer. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, like I said, this was, it has affected a lot of pop culture in various different ways. And we wouldn't have shows like Stranger Things and Game of Thrones if it wasn't for Dungeons and Dragons. I am a strong believer in that. Um, or any awesome video game out there just on the character design. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. I mean, again, this is a topic for another time, but Skyrim, like, or not Skyrim, I should say the Elder Scrolls series. Elder Scrolls, what a yeah. fantastic series. Um, 
in in, in their counter the Fallout series, yeah, which is yeah, yeah. just post apocalypse same, same thing. Like yeah, structure just kind of yeah, guns mm-hmm. and super mutants and yeah. No, it's absolutely awesome. Um, so yeah, I think that really covers up everything in the the, the these two episodes uh, I wanted to cover. So I think we have some time for another story. I been talking a lot over here with my stories joey do you have one that you want to tell oh i got a a cautionary tale that okay. i want to talk about um and this will happen this. a lot in parties <laughs> um it's very common um your pcs can sometimes kill your campaign all right uh, pause for a second before you continue that story uh pc playable character npc non-playable character all right sorry go um you sometimes your players will kill your campaign um, that'll happen time to time. Uh, so this was uh, the first campaign that I was running with a group of friends, and I was DMing at the time. Um, this is a group of <laughs> ne'er-do-wells, I guess. You know, not your your stereotypical heroes. Um, good, good guys, for sure. Just a little, you know, um, chaotic, I guess. <laughs> uh, so essentially... We came to this point where you, my players came to this burnt down town. Um, you know, that was completely abandoned, nothing but like the remains of burning houses and stuff like that. Um, but like, you know, suspiciously, there's this little girl who's just like kind of skipping around and going through rubble, just, you know, looting carelessly, you know, whatever. Just she's just there. So, of course, my my players are suspicious of her. And, uh, you know, peek behind the screen kind of thing. I (laughs) she was simply there to kind of guide them to this magical well. That's really her whole interaction. (laughs) That was the the intention. So this this magical well (laughs) gave her like some kind of power. She essentially had the ability to control fire. And she's I don't know. She was like eight or something like that. I made her. And, of course, you know, she wasn't born with this ability, so she couldn't control it. So they found out that she ended up burning this town down. Nobody died that they know of. I didn't. I never alluded to her maliciously attacking people. But anyways, <laughs> oh God. they go to the well. They do this, you know, they do all the interactions with the well. They get some magic stuff. And that was supposed to be the end of it. Um, her name was Katie. Uh, I gave her a name just because they asked and that was supposed to be the end of it. They were supposed to move on. But one of my players was like, Hey, you're an orphan. Let me adopt you. Whereas my other player was, <laughs> no, she's evil. She just burnt this entire down town down. Um, so for the next, I don't know, five, six sessions, it was always this, this tense, like, I'm going to get rid of this little girl. No, I'm going to protect this little girl. Um, to the point where it came to, <laughs> and my God, the pettiness of some players. We got into a situation where they acquired a boat, like this flying ship, and they got attacked by two young dragons. Before the attack actually happened, the player that hated the little girl or was very suspicious accidentally oh God, killed no, her. Um, oh my god! Yeah, it, so that made the adoptive father pretty pissed, and the whole party was split pretty evenly between, you know, wanting to keep her around or getting rid of her. So that caused infighting, and the entire party 
just ended up fighting each other. And they, you know, they were below deck, so they didn't really know about the dragon. But one player was like, uh, he was above deck, and he's like, guys, there's some dragons out here. Maybe we take care of this first. The players ran upstairs, saw the dragons, and then continued to fight each other. <laughs> now, that being, pause your story for a second. Dragon, a young dragon is an intimidating threat by yes, itself. Two of them is even yes, worse. <laughs> but that being said, they were middly leveling characters and young dragons are kind of weaker. They're, they're not oh, like, okay. there's, there's variants yeah. of dragons, legendary dragons. Yeah. Go okay, back to your okay, story. Okay. Um, yeah. So they're definitely a threat, um, but they also had a ship that could do a bunch of damage and you know, whatever they had the resources to fight them. Um, okay. But instead of fighting them, they ended up um, fighting each other and essentially getting a total party kill where they could not have beaten the dragons. Um, and that pretty much ended the campaign. <laughs> ended the so, campaign early. You know, cautionary, cautionary tale. Um, be careful what you give your players sometimes. Um, because as, you know, innocent as a little girl is, um, you know, she can kill your entire party. <laughs> That's awesome. We had a, our, our DM played this. Uh, uh, we had a situation that was similar to this. Uh, me and another guy. It, it started off with three of us. It was two Dragonborn and a uh, Warforge. And the the two Dragonborn, we we kind of treated the Warforge like he was our pet, <laughs> right? Of course, <laughs> he was. Even though they're like as the, they're like described, and I believe it's Ebron's rising. These mechanical beasts that have become sentient and are actually living. Yeah, we'll treat him like a. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. our pet. <laughs> this is familiar. Well, we ended up. <laughs> it pretty much happened because we were doing a game, and we ended up coming meeting a a, a young young young, uh, white dragon, and the Warforge didn't speak Draconic, and so we're having this conversation with this dragon, and we forgot he couldn't speak anything. And the paladin, so the one guy was a paladin, and I was a bard. And the, the the dragonborn, the other dragonborn, yeah, he was the uh, the paladin. And I'm like, dude, whatever I say, just go with it. I promise you it's for the best. Because the dragon saw the Warforge and wanted to kill him. And I'm like, no, 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 it's cool. He's our pet. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, that makes total sense. Why wouldn't you guys have him as a pet? We ended up, and we ended up actually wanting to keep this, this dragon. His name was Chillworm as a pet or like a buddy like we were trying to use him for everything and the dm was getting so annoyed we're like all right we're gonna chill worm do this why well we're dragons and he's listening to us right yeah cool have at it so we went downstairs into the basement and when we came back up that's when the dm said oh no your dragons killed oh, no. so he didn't even give us the option to do anything to have this situation he actually probably foresaw something similar happening to you because we ended up actually bringing in some players and one was a turtle, one was a necromancer and i think one was a rogue yeah it was a turtle bard uh some type of like mushroom gathering uh necromancer elf and the rogue was i think was an a half elf but it was all all it mattered was it was a turtle a necromancer and <laughs> a rogue it was just the most random thing and yeah they they knew there was going to be issues with us trying to convince them that w the war forge was our pet and we had a dragon as our sidekick and so he he knew this situation was going to happen that you had 
and just goes, yeah, we're going to avoid this whole situation. He's like, yeah, you guys come up. And me being the person I am, I'm like, well, he's dead, right? Yeah. Cool. I'm going to flay him and use his skin <laughs> and wear his helmet. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. All the stuff's gone. He's like totally obliterated. Then how are we sure he's dead? <laughs> and you, he's like, and up in the sky, you see the spirit of Chillworm. They got me. <laughs> he, like, he was. He thought on his feet. I give him credit. I give him credit. He thought pretty well. He 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 was kind of avoiding your situation that happened to you. I like your mentality where you go. Let them fight. At some point, <laughs> just, at some point here. you gotta let them. Make, you gotta let the children figure it out on their own. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you're going to kill yourself over uh, a little kid, then so be it. All right. So one last thing. Let's let's end it on one last thing. Uh, what is your favorite race and class to play? Oh, I mean, this is easy. It's dwarf. Dwarf, best race. Is it? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Get out of here. Elves, <laughs> I don't I don't want to hear from you. Uh, no, elves are dope. Um, honestly, I think elves are the, if we're going metagaming wise, I think elves are like the best class or race uh-huh. sorry my favorite though dwarves absolutely i what's your favorite class to play um i usually i'm i'm a big fan of the druids i like anything that i can justify having a familiar with um <laughs> which some of my dms get annoyed with yeah it depends on how i'm feeling but i would probably go with druid they're not the best druid. class um, but they're, they're a lot of fun to play. And I, I I typically play a more heavy role play kind of aspect. Mm. Um, so, like, I really like druids for the role playing part. Um, but they're, they're mm. cool, especially if you, like, I don't know if um, Circle of Fire Druid is an official um, uh, subclass yet. Um, but, mm. it, you know, on our, our, uh, it's I know it's on Unearthed Arcana, um, but they they have some really cool subclasses. Uh, I'm a I'm an Let's Earthbender uh, and I'm a dwarf. I know. There you go. All right. You know what? It's 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 appropriate. I I like it. I think that's really actually pretty kind of cool. So also I can't far, grow facial hair, so you know it lets me live out you know this fantasy of having I'm a envious. big beard. This is this is what I want to be. And I know like typically dwarves by the book dwarves are lawful good. Um, but I like this idea of this angry little guy who can just get away with everything. Uh, oh, I like I like that too. That's fun. I, I do have a dwarf that likes getting into fights. He's a good guy for the most part, but he like I like getting into bar fights. Not a murder hobo. I'm not a murder hobo, but I, I like, like getting to, into bar like fights. Really mess with people with him. Um. <laughs> uh. So my favorite, and this is probably goes back to like for the longest time, I wanted to be a paleontologist. And I love dinosaurs. Absolutely love them. So I love being a dragonborn. I love being. Uh, so I kind of go between being blue or copper. Um, I like blues because blue is my favorite color and they get to shoot lightning out of their mouths. And I like coppers just because they tend to be like more charismatic in, in the lore wise. So is, is like um, lightning your, your element? Because I believe copper is, or is it bronze that's element? It or, um, maybe it's bronze that does, I think copper does acid. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, I'd have to look it up because it's, it's, it's different dragons. Like I know blacks do um, acid, whites do frost, uh, blues do lightning, 
Reds are Greens. obviously fire. Green, I think, does fire as well. No, green... I thought green does acid. Does it? I don't know off the top of my head. Um, you keep talking and I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm going... So I like doing the coppers and bronze and blues. And I really, really, really... I like playing the bard. And the reason being is, yeah, they can kind of fight, um, but it's more about their personality. So I like I like trying to talk myself out of problems or being like the distraction. I like being the funny guy. Um, you like to be the center of point, attention. Think, I'm, dead, I'm Deadpool. Like, you know how Deadpool does his little gimmicks and quirks and everything. He says his banters. I like doing the banters. Um, I think it's fun because you can kind of think outside the box with stuff. You're, you're not going in there with a beat stick. However, you know, you can fight and it, it gives you more, I think, opportunities to like, be like the Swiss army knife of a class. I I, I would, I would put that as a, a druid as well. Like you can be a support, you can be a healer, you can be, you can control the battlefield, you can be a status effect person, or you can, if you want, like, I believe it's called like the um, blade dancer druid, something like that. Or not druid, um, bard. Um, they do decent damage. Like you, you if you want to build it, you can be a damage dealer. It, usually, when I play, so with the one campaign I was recently playing, uh, when I did a blue drag, I did a blue dragon bard, and I ended up being what they would call like the decoy. I was the bait. So like I would go into a room where we're getting as this was after Chillworm was dead and we we went into this little like space and we go into a room and fi- to find all our stuff and the DM's like okay you hear something growling at you and I'm a dragon I'm like all right whatever I'm growling back and I growl back and a ice basilisk comes jumping out of like all the rubble <laughs> so they would send me into stuff like Steve go find what's in there go blue because that was the name of my blue dragon cleverly named blue and they're like go find out what's in there i'm like no i'm not going in there because you you you, i'm the bait and they're like yeah no yeah you're gonna go in there and i'm like hi is everything dead in here (laughs) and something comes out and attacks me and they're like oh there you go and then i for some reason i was picking out languages and i pick happened to pick like I think dwarfish or something Great like that. Something oh, Nobody was a language. dwarf. Yeah, so it was my. It was just I picked a random language. No, I picked a. Uh, it was a demonic language, infernal, and nobody spoke anything like it, and nobody had that. And I was like, and I said, you know what? Before the, I we went into this room, and I'm like, hey, you guys go go in there. I'm gonna sit out here and be, not the bait and not get into trouble. And the DM wasn't having that. And he goes, oh, there's a creature in here and it only speaks Infernal. And they're like, Blue, get in here. And I'm like, look, if the thing starts fighting me, I had no, this is not my, this was not me. This was you guys saying, hey, go in here and start crap. You better charm the hell out of them. (laughs) Oh, I did. I did. It was so good. uh, It actually worked out pretty well. Dragon update. uh, Black is acid. Blue is lightning. Uh Brass is fire. Uh Bronze is lightning. Copper is Uh acid. Gold is fire. Green is poison, obviously. Poison, obviously. that's right. Yes. Oh, my God. How do we screw Red that one up? Red is fire. Silver is cold. And white is cold. Yeah. Yeah. I think the white dragons look the coolest. I believe stat-wise, white dragons are the best. Oh, no, no. Gold dragons. Gold dragons. White dragons are garbage. Are I've put it. Man, I'm, I'm <laughs> terrible. 
Well, you think that's um, a, a good place to wrap it up? Yeah, 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 yeah. We can go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, I think this is a great spot to it. wrap it up. We did it, D&D. We did it. We did it. <laughs> All right. So thank you, everybody. Yeah, I think this is a good spot to wrap up. I think this is a good we can where we can end our Dungeons & Dragons 2 episodes. Um, in our next episode, we're going to be discussing HP Lovecraft. We're going to look into uh, Call of Cthulhu, Cthulhu Wars. We're going to look at the mythos of it. Um, kind of braze over everything, give it a kind of a look. Uh, I, I'm really actually really excited about this one because, you know, I'm going to screw up a bunch of names. And you know very little I about know, them. Uh, I know Cthulhu. Um I know a little bit of stuff. I I know more about um, H.P. Lovecraft's personal life than I do about his uh, um, work. <laughs> that being said, I don't know much about that yeah. either. But <laughs> so we'll we'll kind of go over all of this stuff. But yeah, let's go ahead and let's wrap it up here. And uh, yeah, till next time. Whoa, 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 I'm Steve whoa, Pugh. We forgot to do whoa. plugs. Don't forget your plugs, boy. Oh yeah, uh, okay, shameless so plug. It's, it's uh, follow me on Instagram underscore Joe Pew underscore. I need those follows. I crave those likes. Please like and follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Twitter is at NerdDNAPod. Instagram is DNA Pod. Um, also like, subscribe, follow, rate, and review us on whatever you listen to your podcasts, uh, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or even CastForm. Until next time, I'm Steve. Bye-bye. I'm Joe. <laughs> Did you forget who you were? Who? <laughs> exactly. All right. You guys have a good one. <laughs>